When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. Hey guys, there's a recording in progress, just so you're aware. Don't worry, future Steve will edit it to make us all smell, sound smart. That's right. Ooh, there's a there's a button that it says I can leave the meeting because you're recording now. <gasps> well, that would be your, your choice, but you're going to miss out. <laughs> we know Drew prefers to not have his thoughts recorded. <laughs> <laughs> it's for his political uh, political career later. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, my, my abundant political career. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, we listened to an episode where you said, I'm like, what? That wasn't me. He'll never be Postmaster General now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a character I play on internet. If <laughs> you guys hear plastic crunching in the background, it's Cameron trying to eat plastic. Jesus. Good job, Cameron. She's the saltier, a, the better, somehow. She's a mighty huntress who enjoys wrappers and plastic bags. Amazing. <laughs> Especially Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Eh? Okay. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? He prefers his pre-2010 albums. <laughs> <laughs> right. You and me both, Cameron. Fighting force in Earth's history. 
Their creed to protect all life. Their promise to end Lord Dredd's rule. Their name, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Yeah! yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is... Everything I learned from movies. And tonight. Oh, tonight. <laughs> We've finally done done it, everybody. <laughs> All right. I've been talking about this series, this 1987 Canadian children's show and upset a post-apocalyptic world forever. Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. And by God, we're going to have a watch party Everything now that I figure this shit out. Everything I learned from Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Yeah, it's not quite as sketchy. <laughs> That was the original title for the show. E I L E I L F C P A T S. Fuck it. <laughs> Episoft. No. Um, but yeah, so we're here. Uh, we have some special guests with us. Uh, some first timers. Uh, we have Drew from the Real Fills podcast. Welcome, Woo! Drew. And we have Michael Backford from Rock Solid and various other podcasts. Welcome, Michael. Woo! Hello. And we have Hanai from, oh, let's see, Podcart Fest, a couple mm-hmm. episodes with us, uh, kobostudios.etsy.com. Welcome, hey. Hanai. Hey, guys. <laughs> All right. Now, have any of you ever seen or really heard about this show besides my ramblings? No. Not at all. I didn't even Google. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I had not heard about it until I met you. No. And then I wouldn't shut up about it, right? No. <laughs> oh, that's how I knew we were like going steady. You lent me oh. your DVD. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> like you just let me take it home. And I'm like, oh, this is serious. <laughs> I just know where you live now. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, uh 1987. Uh, picture, if you will, six-year-old Steve living in Utah, Saturday only, mornings. Only five foot four already. That's right. <laughs> and uh, around this time, there's, you know, the, the big post-apocalyptic movie things going on. Like, you know, you got all the Mad Max, Road Warrior, Thunderdome. You got all those Italian post-apocalyptic movies your dad watches from time to time. Uh, he man's a big thing like you know all the the big uh, like gi joe barbie all those like all the plastic toy action figure things coming out and then there's this little show that's kind of accumulation of all that captain power and the soldiers of the future from creator gary goddard who's he steve oh i'm glad you asked uh remember we interviewed him like three years ago (gasps) yeah we did it was very nice um but for those who don't know he uh he wrote tarzan the ape man everybody's gotta start somewhere (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but he may be best known for being the director of masters of the universe yeah. <laughs> he did the the 22 episodes of this uh 13 episodes of a show called skeleton warriors and basically since then he's been designing theme park rides and like little intro movies and stuff for them like for the, the the t2 one at universal studios of jurassic park the ride um and a bunch of others overseas and stuff now too but uh pretty fruitful career for him but yeah, basically it's, uh, yeah, just, I, I don't know. It's this weird kid show where it's set in the future and like, I mean, the, the little opening intro thing for the, uh, the show will kind of explain it all, but, uh, it's the future, uh, robots are running everything. Skynet has taken over basically, but there's like robots running around, but there's this resistance force and they have very to the point nicknames. Like for example, there's Captain Power, their leader, Captain Jonathan Power played by Tim Dunnigan. Who's he, Steve? 
Um, <laughs> he played Davy Crockett in a bunch of like uh, magical world of Disney movies in like the 70s and 80s. And then like random episodes of like Murder, She Wrote and Jag. And he's basically like an Alan Thicke meets MacGyver kind of type, like that kind of an actor. You'll see him. Uh, but probably my favorite actor in this, Sven Ol Thorsen. Babe, who's he? I don't know, Steve. Only one of the greatest uh, character actors to ever grace the stage and this podcast's very first interview. That's right. Oh, we were so awkward back then. But yeah, we interviewed him a couple years ago uh, via satellite from his hacienda in Spain. Yeah, he was apparently just sitting in his backyard smoking a cigar with his dog and talking to us. It was amazing. Guys, go back and find that episode. It is a little rough because we're greenhorns. But he tells hilarious stories about pulling pranks on Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's also uh, World's Strongest Man, 1983. Uh, appeared in both the Conan movies, a bunch of other Arnold things. You might know him as Sven, the assistant in Running Man, you know, uh, uh, Richard Dawson's assistant guy. Uh, he did this show, of course. He has a lot of uh, mercenary in Lethal Weapon and, you know, Russian guy in Red Heat and uh, I mean, Michael Backford joined us for a very special movie where he was second billing as Secundus in Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. Yes, I love that stupid movie. I think most people, though, know him as Tigress from uh, Gladiator. Uh, Gladiator. Yeah, or Lafours from Mallrats. Or Lafours from Mallrats. <laughs> uh, the Demon and Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite the career. Um, mm -hmm. But he plays Tank in this movie. You'll, you'll be able to realize which one's him. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we have Peter McNeil as Major Hawk Masterson. He's the one who can fly. Uh, <laughs> but he has over 200 credits, including being a voice actor for like Star Wars droids there in the 80s and Babar. Uh, he was in David Cronenberg's Crash. And uh, actually, if you've seen Nightmare Alley recently, he's the one that played Judge Kimball in Nightmare Alley. So there you go. Don't worry, we only got three more. We got... Maurice Dean <laughs> Wint as Sergeant Robert Scout Baker. Uh, he was in this. He was the voice of Shadow King in the uh, X-Men te animated television series in the 90s. Uh, and he was Robo Cable in the Robocop Prime Directives uh, movies that came out there in the early 90s. Yeah. And then uh, Jessica Steen as Corporal Jennifer Pilot Chase. Uh, she, of course, started in this. Uh, a, theme, a theme you're going to find in a lot of these episodes, like when I go through the actors, they basically started with this and then had like 150 credits over the next 30 years. Like a lot of them are still working to this day. It's kind of cool. Uh, but she was in like Earth 2, uh, Trial and Error. Uh, she was uh, the female pilot uh, astronaut in uh, Armageddon. You may, <laughs> you may recognize her when you see her if you've seen that movie as often as I have. Um, and then yeah, 100 episodes of this Canadian show called Heartland. From what I understand, it's kind of like... Uh, I don't know, like a family drama, but like not a whole lot of drama. Just, I don't know, kind of a heartwarming show. I don't know, man. Uh, and then David Hemblin as Lord Dredd. He was in this, Short Circuit 2. He was the voice of Sher Khan in the Jungle Book, The Adventures of Mowgli animated series. The voice of Magneto in the X-Men animated series. Vault Keeper in the Tales from the Crypt Keeper animated series. He was in Maximum Risk, the Jean-Claude Van Damme classic. Uh, apparently he was in Booty Call, but I think he was just like a doctor walking by in the background or something. And Rollerball 2002. Woo! Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Guys, you want to watch these first two episodes? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Let's do let, it. Let, let me just one moment. We'll uh, we'll get this started. <laughs> Power on. Power on. Captain Power and the soldiers of the future. Earth twenty one forty seven. The legacy of the metal wars when man fought machine and machines won. Biodreads, monstrous creations that hunt down human survivors and digitize them. Volcania, center of the Biodread Empire, stronghold and fortress of Lord Dread, feared ruler of this new order. But from the fires of the Metal Wars arose a new breed of warrior, born and trained to bring down Lord Dread and his Biodread Empire. They were soldiers of the future. Mankind's last hope. Their leader, Captain Jonathan Pollard, master of the incredible power suits which transform each soldier into a one-man attack force. Major Matthew Hawk Masterson, fighter in the sky. Lieutenant Michael Tank Ellis, ground assistant. Robert Scout Baker, espionage and communications. And Corporal Jennifer Pilot Chase, tactical systems expert. Together they flew fighting force in Earth's history. Their creed to protect all life. Their promise to end Lord Dredd's rule. Their name, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. We're in position. It's up to you, Scout.
a new objective. Rest? After a soft day like today? Sounds like a good idea to me. You better get some rest too, Captain. Yeah, as soon as I take care of this. Soft day? You used to be a nice guy. Pick up anything interesting? For our buddy Dread? No. But I've got a repeating transmission on the resistance frequency. Personal message? Fina. Who? What's the origin of that transmission? Sector 19. Used to be San Fran. Figures. That's where we met. Mentor. Online, Captain. Can you pinpoint the area that transmission came from? Location, formerly known as the NV District. There's very little left, I'm afraid. West Coast Resistance used it as a base until Dread eliminated them. Tell Tank and Hawk we've gone there. You monitor for any more transmissions. Pilot. Tina was my father's lab assistant. She was brilliant. Beautiful. Every Friday, we'd meet at City Limits Bookstore. We'd sit, play chess, talk. I never could beat her at chess. Just friends? For a while. Then the war started. We lost track of each other. Later, I heard she joined the resistance. If Dredd burned out most of the West Coasters, then she's... She's alive. No one else could have sent that message. It was our private joke. Something only the two of us could know. No bio-dread readings in the area. Should we go in with the power suits? No, let's save our power. Area's clear for now, and we just might need it later. Put it down where you can, pilot. Right. Power off. <laughs> Aggressive. It's the only way to win. We'll see about that. Expected. Zoran! Yeah, 
this organic implant thing, sir. If the woman interferes, she is expensive. But bring power to me. I'm not that easy to beat anymore, Athena. You never were, Johnny.
immediately. This place will be crawling with troopers any second. Procedure for unwilling agents. Homer and voice transmitter. Sweet. Shouldn't you destroy it? Our ship and base have a jamming device. If it make you feel better, make me feel better. <laughs> How about a game? Come on. Johnny, what I tried to do back there, I... It's over. Tomorrow we'll take you to the passages. There's people there that can help you. But for now, you're safe. Safe? No. No, no, I can't. Dina, it's over. I understand better than I ever did. And Dredd will pay for every second of agony he's caused. But for now, Did the TV show come out before Masters of the Universe or after? Uh, I think it was uh, right after. Let's see, it was 1987. Okay, if it was right after, then you can definitely tell like a, a similarity between the logo for this show and Masters of the Universe. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, the color record. pattern is the same. Yeah, the um, music is almost the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, Masters of the Universe was summer of 87, so yeah, just a couple months before this. Okay. Yeah, makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it really does. <laughs> All right, Hannah, what do you think? It's, wait, okay, so is this really a children's show, or is right? that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. This you was keep a... saying it, and I believe you, but like, I just yeah. want to double check. <laughs> this was a Saturday morning kids show. Um, yeah. I yeah, mean. It's, it's nuts. 
It's super heavy. I don't know what child would want to watch this. Uh, Michael, any thoughts? Uh, I don't know what to make of it. It seems like it kind of got explained in the narration, but not. It kind of <laughs> seems like all of, came at me all at once. Oh my gosh, those credits flew by so fast. It's almost like I... you didn't want to be recognized or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, they're trying to jam like all the exposition in like a little minute and a half intro thing, and but like yeah, it's, it's I've never lot. seen like the chirons or credits of like actors and like their names go by so fast. Oh, and with that font <laughs> too, it's like all right, Peter Mac, oh, and it's gone. Yeah, it's like I can barely <laughs> read it. Like, I, I, yeah, that was that was my favorite part. You got to move on to the next action-packed adventure. Totally. Yeah, right. totally. <laughs> So did you guys notice the glowing blocks of color throughout the episode? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so there's I, like, a series of toys by Mattel that came out with this. Oh, no. Uh, so much like Duck Hunt, you could, like, shoot it at your screen and it would make little explosions. Yeah, like the little, oh, like, flashes God. and stuff. They were flying around in. That's what the, like, guns look like with those ships. And they, like, have the little lights and stuff. And you see it, like, reflecting on the screen with the tube TV and everything. is pretty sweet stuff. And, of course, there's the action figures. There's, uh, like, the Lord Dreads lair, like, Volcania. And, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> clearly, yeah. clearly not an influence of Star Trek and the Borg in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, fun no. fact, though, I think this came out before the Borg. No. Because <laughs> the... Time travel, Steve. Because <laughs> next gen started in '87, I don't think the board re- board reaches to like the season. Oh, uh, he he looks like he's part of the collective. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, and obviously heavily influenced by you know the Mad Max movies and Star Wars is uh, mm-hmm. pretty what? prevalent. With oh, the the, the closing credits is all yeah. Star Wars when he says, "I'm going to blow this baby," and then he. <laughs> shoots the center circle and it's like blow- yeah it's all yeah. star that's all star wars yeah use, use the force jonathan <laughs> uh, i mean the whole thing about the resistance and everything that's like super star wars yeah, oh yeah well okay so well, and then it turns out star wars is complete rip off oh yeah uh what's the the japanese movie yeah yeah, yeah we uh, watched it oh oh yeah no no i know what you're talking about the kurosawa oh the kurosawa yeah 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 yeah, yeah. All right, so that was episode one, Shattered. First aired September 20th, 1987. Uh, from director Mario Azapardi. Who's he, Steve? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, over 70 credits, mostly uh, TV and stuff. He uh, started off with, like, The Littlest Hobo, uh, Nowhere to Hide, Night uh, Night Heat, Tropical Heat, Viper, the RoboCop series, Mantis, nine episodes of Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. Yeah! Five of Highlander, 21 of The Outer Limits, that series we saw. Oh, yeah. And five of Dinotopia. Series we saw. Series I grew up with and introduced you to. You did. It was magnificent. (laughs) And uh, comes from writer Larry Dottilio. Who's he, Steve? Uh, He wrote a bunch of He-Man episodes and is the creator of She-Ra. Oh, snap. (laughs) He also did uh, Hulk Hogan Rock and Wrestling, if anybody remembers that. Uh, (laughs) Nope. He wrote six episodes of this, five episodes of the California Raisins animated show. Yes! A bunch of Babylon 5, Beast Wars, and Kong the Animated Series. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Special guest on this episode, we have Anne-Marie McDonald as Athena. Uh, She started off in uh, the TV show Airwolf. And then this, 
she and then a lot of credits like TV reporter in Where the Heart Is, Dr. Jane Quinn in nine episodes of Rin Tin Tin Canine Cup, uh, a psychologist in one episode of Izzy's favorite Do South. Yeah. And Julia in two episodes of The L Word, which Steve has seen all of. <laughs> you would <laughs> oh highly recommend. God. All right. So in this one, we get that intro exposition. Uh, anybody want to recap it real quick? That they just soaked it all in immediately because yeah. it's not uh, 2147. The metal wars had happened, and essentially, kind of like how you had said earlier, like like basically like Skynet happened. Robots, you know, kind of are taking control, but there's a there's a resistance force. Captain Power and his men, like they were soldiers, but now they're more. Yeah, and they have like their the Skynet headquarters is Volcania, where there's the Lord Dread, who's eh, b- basically the Borg Queen, but <laughs> yeah. the voice of Magneto from the X Men series. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, and the way they like uh, the, the bad guys like digitize people to like basically turn them into part of the machine and soak up their memories or whatever. assimilate yes. them. It's yes. it's the Borg. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Canadian Borg. Yeah, Star Trek, you hacks. No, <laughs> uh, the Borg didn't come out until 1989. I found that out. Okay. Wow. Borg, eh? So yeah. Star Trek stole from Captain Power. I mean, yeah. no, so so many great shows have stolen from this one. No, <laughs> All right, so so we the episode episode starts off. They're trying to infiltrate this like power station and blow it up, and we see uh, Scout with his like. Uh, replicator like cloaking technology where he turns he takes out the one guard and turns into him and uh what, all right guys what, what do we think about the power suits in general so the power suits are very much reminding me of like centurions yes. like a, a lot of it and watching scout do his like you know camouflage like double doppelganger kind of, of like ability it's great and i get the fact that they don't want to confuse the kids when they watch them so he switches back to his normal thing. But I'm like, dude, if you're going to go in and go all covert ops, you should be sticking into the, the disguise. Plus, with the disguise, you had a bigger gun. <laughs> Drew, maybe he only has like 30 seconds or like a minute that he can do it. It's maybe. like Dark Man. He's only got 90 minutes or whatever. That's- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they, it takes a lot of power, they were saying. Like, Captain Power almost oh. overloaded his. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe. That's really true. They're they're a fighting force, but only for spurts. Yeah. Um, did it? Did anybody else like when, when I was a kid when I would dress up and play Captain Power? It'd be my dad's motorcycle gear. Hold on, hold on. You watch this enough to like dress up as oh. Captain Power? <laughs> oh, 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 Hanai, Hanai, Hanai. Let me let me let me let me put this down for you. I was six years old. I sucked this shit up, and, and of course. We also had like the we recorded it off the TV on VHS. I had all these growing up on VHS, or at least most of them, I think. But I didn't under, I didn't realize <laughs> you loved it so much that you would dress up as a child. Oh no, yeah, like I don't think I had all all twenty two episodes or whatever, but I definitely had a good eight or ten or whatever. I I, I had the as many twenty minute episodes as you could put on one tape, kind of a thing. <laughs> but I'm a Steve. If you watch something enough, like you really get into it and you want to be those characters when i was a kid i watched so much of the x-men animated series i loved gambit and i desperately wanted to find a way to 
throw the playing cards, but they kept like, you know, like a playing card would. You throw them and they like go for a while, but then they veer off to the left. I'm like, I need to make them go straight. So I ended up taping pennies yep. to the to the playing cards so they would <laughs> I, I so they would fly straight. I was just gonna let you know that's exactly what I did too. Yes, <laughs> it was little paper clips or whatever at like the end of the card. It's something like, oh, yeah, to weigh them down. Better. Exactly. Yep. Wow. <laughs> well, see, Steve taught this to my uh, summer campers. The, that's right. The, when he came to help me teach uh, art for summer camp this last summer, and we made paper airplanes, which the kids loved, but the gal in charge of the summer camp did not think it was a good trip. A good thing. <laughs> Like we're making but, paper but nobody cares what the critics think. What about that audience? Right? Fuck <laughs> those critics. There, there <laughs> were a lot of headshots, Steve. I don't know. <laughs> Lots of lasers to face. Yeah. <laughs> and and like the first die the first guy to go down, Scout like stabs him in the back. And yeah, like stabs his neck and sparks everywhere. Oh my <laughs> god. Like and like like you could clearly, clearly like the robot is dying. Like that is that's pretty violent. But, but Drew, it's just a robot. <laughs> but Johnny Five is alive, Steve. Oh no! <laughs> Stop making me have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Although Scout, I think Scout had the only moment that I genuinely laughed out loud during the episode was after the two robot guards shoot each other. He still stands up, fires two rays at each at each area where they were, and then says, "Nothing I can't handle." And you're just like, you did nothing. <laughs> they took each other out. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, so, so we find a, again, he gets in the base and then he has to turn his cloaking device or whatever off. And then he's like, oh shit, I'm locked in. Can you guys help me out? Sure, let's blast this door. <laughs> well, I've already set the bomb. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> and then he comes like running out of there like out of my way. Boom, 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 everything behind him. Oh my gosh. fantastic uh but then oh we're back on the ship and uh there's a private message for uh captain power from athena Ooh, athena i haven't heard that name in a long long time no. <laughs> <laughs> what's the origin of that message oh it's in uh sector 19 formerly san francisco now burning rubble and <laughs> okay apparently she lives in the fide yeah, I was just gonna say she was into tenderloin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they say it was like the the NV district. I'm like, no way, Valley or what? What is that? <laughs> no vagina districts. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so of course uh, Captain Power's like, oh, she must be alive. We have to go there. Hey, mentor. And then out of like the smoke comes this computer program that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I have to explain this because I know it's not explained anywhere else. Uh, his power uh, or uh, Captain Power's dad um, developed this computer program mentor and so it's the image of his dad like in a hologram that's like the the ship's computer definitely not Obi-Wan Kenobi vibes yeah 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 don't don't worry about force ghosts or anything like force ghosts force ghosts completely different but that's uh that's when he's like mentor and then you know uh, what what looks like a magician shows up out of the smoke (laughs) and is like heading towards san francisco (laughs) oh but then he then he starts i don't know we cut to his like little monologue about uh athena was my father's lab assistant we used to play chess and you know other things (laughs) we became friends and and uh, of course pilot's like just friends 
for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, for a while. For a while. <laughs> and then perhaps more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they get to San Francisco, and they go down. Uh, they they originally don't want to have their suits on because the power's low from their battle at the base earlier. <laughs> but they immediately decide to split up because yeah. why not? Uh, so Captain Power like wanders off, and uh, pilots immediately like, was that a noise? And then gasped. <sighs> yeah, Captain Power. Yeah, he goes to the uh, what do they call the the city limits or city lights. What's the city lights? Yeah, yeah bookstore. Which sadly, last I checked, was closed. We definitely said city limits, but I think they meant city lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like patent pending, patent pending. It's like yeah, we've totally <laughs> been to San Francisco, guys. Wink. <laughs> I mean, I could tell they called it San Fran, which no one calls it San Fran. So. <laughs> At least they didn't call it Frisco. Yeah, Frisco is the, oh God, the dead yeah. giveaway. <laughs> you mean like Texas? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he goes down to the, I guess, the basement of the bookstore, and there's like music playing and a chessboard set up, and he starts having a flashback to uh, you know playing chess with uh, uh, Athena with long hair, just like ooh, aggressive. That flashback strategy. was amazing. It was like iMovie filter. Oh, it, it <laughs> had like the sheet blowing behind her and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> you say it's a sheet, but we have those curtains we inherited from the lost owners of this house upstairs right now. Oh, I untied those. Oh, was they... it frilled with lace or whatever on the outside? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> the sheer curtains from the 80s. Yeah. But, uh, but then uh, Athena walks out. She's got her little pixie haircut and she's like, hello, Jonathan. It's been a long time. Oh, that's not a pixie, babe. That's that? like an eighties flat top. Oh, well, yeah. It's like a borderline mullet. <laughs> so I, mean, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't even call it a tank girl haircut, or oh no, nope. tank girl like shaves her head. Come on, not complete anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, then she pulls her gun. Sorry, <laughs> blast him in the chest. Sorry, Jonathan. It's the best way. I'm like, wait, what? And then she just runs out. <laughs> And then, uh, of course, Lord Dredd's tracking her and uh, sees that, I don't know, she's, like, not willing to kill him. So he's like, fine, I will send in Sauron, a flying robot mercenary. Who kind of looks like a humanoid pterodactyl kind of thing. All right, what, what do you guys it, think? It sort of reminds me of the the bird kind of knight from uh, Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light. Ooh, I don't know. Anybody that. remember that? Am I alone? <laughs> I think you're alone on that one. I'm alone. <laughs> but guys, what do, we, what do we think about the state-of-the-art special effects of, uh, of Sauron? Well, I mean, Sauron was so-so, but the show overall, I was actually impressed. Like, for 1987, I felt it was pretty good, the special effects. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is actually the first television series to integrate live-action, CGI, and digital effects. Um, and basically all the digital effects were created in the edit suite prior to digital c- composition tools being invented. Like it was being invented on the spot. Oh, wow. And, and that's kind of why each episode of this, this show cost about a million dollars to I'm make. I'm just going to say this show looks really expensive. Like right? all the costumes look really <laughs> wow. good. Yeah. And, and, and you may be wondering, like, oh man, I've never heard of this. This thing cost a million dollars. That's, that's why it got canceled. Right. <laughs> Actually. Okay, so uh, we, we 
as we may have mentioned, we interviewed the creator Gary Goddard and star Sven Olthorsen on our podcast. Um, I was certain that was why it was canceled because it was just, you know, whatever, they're crapping out cartoons for like 2% of the cost of one of these live action episodes. And it's like, nope, uh, basically it was the late Reagan years and there, it, it was the shooting and the violence and stuff on the show that they were like, nope, nope, can't possibly have that. And then it was like, but He-Man's like fighting people and G.I. Joe, no, 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 but they're not real. They're, they're just cartoons. So that's why it was canceled, unfortunately. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Not the uh, seizure-inducing flashes of light. Right. <laughs> oh my God, those chest plates at the, in the first act was so like, it's like going to cause epilepsy or something. They were so like yeah. Yeah, the reason I think they're so like intense like that is because it's like a, a digital effect added on later, and and so it's like yeah, like every other uh, every other frame or something like that to yeah be be somewhat seizure inducing. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, so Zoran sent in uh, told to bring in Power Live, and uh, we get of course the the suit saying Power Level ten percent. <laughs> uh, hello, cat. Oh, are you also enjoying the show? <laughs> oh, what, what did you think about the digital effects? Okay, now She's you don't want to talk. Licking her butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they kind of explains it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Then he, uh, you know, Kent Power eventually wakes up and walks outside and uh, sees Athena. And he's like, "Ah, you're not going to get rid of me that easy." And of course, she like pulls a gun, but he dives out of the way and throws some sort of like Tron Sherikin. <laughs> like ninja star at her <laughs> but then uh she throws like uh some like grenade or bomb or something back at him boom and now he's got no suit power down and then uh pilot wakes up after being gassed goes back to the ship and uh she's getting a call from hawk because the rest of the team is somewhere else what will that's all i'll go with there but they're like all right fine we're coming to help out we're heading your way uh yeah power wakes up and uh athena's basically got him like <laughs> like tied down or i forget exactly what but he's like why why would you do this athena and she's like you don't know man my whole squad was wiped out and we were digitized it's a fate worse than death they know every thought every every hate every love and they torture you with it well and i was like this is a goddamn kid show so heavy <laughs> and she's like no it's better to die and he's like no it's better to live we're not alone we don't have to die and i'm like jesus christ yeah these guys are really like you know really going for going for their officer yeah yeah Yeah, there's definitely drama in the show but of course the you know sauron's like blasting him aha i've got you now and of course he's like holy thing Athena's like, hold me, hold me, just don't let him digitize me, or you know, whatever. I'm like, I'm like waiting for a suicide pact to happen or something, right? But then Hawk is to the rescue. He's flying around, blasting at Sauron, and the other guys come on in on these like flying bicycles, like you know, like the speed racers or whatever from Star Wars. And what did you guys think of the uh the midair shootout? Long. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah 
the uh, the, the film was it 23 minutes or whatever yeah it seemed like three or four of it was uh this this final fight or or somebody finally realized that like kids don't care about like love and stuff yeah well this is also the part where you would take your uh your your gun shaped like the ship and start blasting at the screen your tube tube right right yeah somebody realized that like okay (laughs) we need to get something for the children they they would actually have um okay I, I remember one of the things they used to sell were like but but yeah they would actually sell like uh individual like episode cassettes or whatever that were basically just the shootout parts of the series wow. and so it'd be like all right shoot everybody get ready here we go we're going in and then you would like take your toys or whatever and shoot the screen stuff with it and then be like that is actually fun yeah it, i think i would be like, excited if i was a kid Right? I, I feel like this show was so far ahead of its time. Like if they were trying yeah. to do yeah. something like it now, it, it'd probably have a pretty sweet following. But you know, we'll we'll see if that ever happens. <laughs> a little spoiler: I did read on the Wikipedia that uh, one of the creators of the show, like years after it got canceled, in an interview mentioned that, like, like you said, the downfall of all downfall of the show was it was like too violent and basically audiences were sort of torn because there were a lot of like very adult themes oh yeah well also it being like very childlike and uh but it was like praised for its interactivity and like one of the creators was like but we weren't trying to make a video game we were like trying to make something important and so i think they were sort of torn on what the vision was for this show yeah the money is made through the toys but we're not making toys we're making a making a production we're making art honestly like thinking about it i'm like yeah let's do an adult show with interactive toys oh yeah yeah guys if netflix released like a show and it's like yeah and you can like download this app on your phone for 99 cents and you can shoot at the screen with your phone would you do it (laughs) i'm so fucking there (laughs) (laughs) because i'd do it netflix hit us up we got ideas Uh, but yeah, so yeah, there's the shootout. Everybody's safe. They get back to the ship. Uh, they remove her like locator chip and you know stomp it out just to be safe. And then uh, I don't know Captain Power kind of gives the nod and like everybody else leaves the room. So he's just alone with Athena and he uh, wants to play a little game of chess. <laughs> and of course, she's she's like, no, this is no time for games. We're in a post-apocalyptic future. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that, that's all for tomorrow. We'll take you to the passages that I assume are the Rocky Mountains or something. But then. Uh, We'll make Dread pay and all that stuff, but uh, well, we got this light piano music playing. Uh, here we are uh, with a knight, knight to Queen's Bishop 3 or whatever, and she's like, oh, aggressive. It's the only <laughs> way to win. Call back. Yeah. Yeah. And then roll credits with that badass ending trench POV shot as the credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, guys, that's the first episode. Uh, thoughts? You guys excited for the second one? <laughs> oh, was that, oh, that was me. That was me. I said I'm excited to see where it goes. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> excellent. Well, on that note, uh, I'll let me just one moment, and I'll get the second episode going. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hey everybody, are you looking for the perfect stocking stuffer for the holidays? Do you like supporting the arts? Well then you need to check out untidyvenus.etsy.com, the top one-stop shop that always pops her top. Are you a fan of dinosaurs? Snacks? Dinosaurs made out of snacks? Movie monsters? Unicorns? Cats? Dogs? Rats? Shrimp? Pokemon? Tie-dye? Paracord bracelets? Paracord dog leashes? Enamel pins? Coloring books? Block prints? Watercolor? Pet portraits? Buttons? Magnets? Stickers? Bottle openers? Artist trading cards? Or really anything else that's awesome? Then stop on by untidyvenus.etsy.com. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping.etsy.com. New items are popping up all the time, so be sure to follow her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon at Untidy Venus. Or visit her website at izzycreates.com for the latest. Did I mention the Snackosaurs? How about Gary the Unicorns? Untidyvenus.etsy.com, the goddess who's bad at housekeeping. Check it out now. I love the smell of movies in the morning. There's no feeling in podcasts. There's no feeling in podcasts. This podcast will be quite operational when your friends subscribe. Feels. Real feels. Not the feels. Not the feels. Out of all the podcasts I've encountered, Real Feels was the most human. Hey, it's Drew. And Nathan. And Jack. Hey, guys, and we're the Real Feels Podcast. We come to you every other Wednesday with a brand new movie of a different genre every single time. So make sure to catch us on iTunes, Podbean, and any other podcatcher out there. You're the realist. And the feelist. Come to yeah. Hi, this is Ernie Hudson, Winston Zedmore from Ghostbusters, from Oz, The Hand That Rocks, The Cradle, The Crow, Grayson, Frankie, uh, Monroe Kelly, and Congo. You're a great white hunter, though I happen to be black. Steve, Izzy, just want to give you a shout out and let you know to someone you are truly loved and appreciated, as you truly are amazing. If anyone has the tools and the talent, it's you. <laughs> just keep having fun, stay healthy, safe, and of course always, keep on busting. Power on. Captain Power and the soldiers of the future. Earth 2147. The legacy of the Metal Wars. When man fought machine and machines won. Biodreads. Monstrous creations that hunt down human survivors and digitize them. Volcania. Center of the Bio-Dread Empire. Stronghold and fortress of Lord Dread. Feared ruler of this new order. But from the fires of the Metal Wars arose a new breed of warrior. Born and trained to bring down Lord Dread and his Bio-Dread Empire. They were soldiers of the future. Mankind's last hope. Their leader, Captain Jonathan Power. Master of the incredible power suits which transform each soldier into a one-man attack force. Major Matthew Hawk Masterson, fighter in the sky. Lieutenant Michael Tank Ellis, ground soldier. Sergeant Robert Scout Baker, espionage and communications. And Corporal Jennifer Pilot Chase, tactical systems expert. Here they the most powerful fighting force in Earth's history. Their creed to protect all life. Their promise to end Lord Dredd's rule. Their name. Captain Power and the soldiers of the future. This just took in some air, Ike. Come on, cut it out! I demand to see the general! You're seeing him, Price. Too bad. You're a good soldier. Database journal 997 Mark 3. Captain reporting. 0300 hours. 
Scout, pilot, and tank continue the reconnaissance of Sector 7. So far, all results negative. Picking up a signal, Captain. Started coming in a couple of minutes ago. Listen. Military code? It's coming in on the right frequency. It hasn't been used in years, not since... When it lost it. Cut off at the source. Did you get a fix on the location? Just barely. Sector 42, Mark 7. Good, let's get going. Are you sure you don't want to wait for the others? No choice. There's a military unit still out there somewhere. we got to find them fast. They wouldn't risk an open channel unless they were in trouble. And I don't like the way that that signal just stopped. unto man. The machine was perfect of line and elegant of form. And the machine said, this is my gift to my people, that they may throw off the bonds of flesh. Red, unauthorized transmission detected. Sector 14, cross-reference Theta. Let me hear it. Investigate and neutralize. Will I terminate current operation? No, my sentry. Finish the task at hand and await further orders. It shall be done, my lord. They're regular soldiers. Infantry. I thought they're supposed to be on our side. How are you charging? Forty percent. Enough we don't take too many more hits. Get them below. You're awake. Good. Perhaps now you can tell us who you are and why you were attempting to infiltrate a military installation. I, I don't understand. We received a signal. Military codes? On a code 9 priority frequency? Yes. So you admit to receiving an unauthorized transmission on a top secret frequency sent by a known traitor. I don't know what you're trying to imply, but we came here to help. Really? Then why all the weaponry? Look, you attacked us. We have a duty to defend ourselves. The whole world's falling apart. We've got to be ready. We've got to stay safe, train the men, prepare for the right day. The right day? My God, man, if you've got troops here, we don't need them tomorrow. They should be out there today, helping to train others. That's what the traitor Price wanted. To undermine my authority. Send our boys out there to die for what? To search for units that may not exist and risk exposing ourselves in the meantime? We have a duty to this country to remain safe until the president calls. President? General, the government's gone. But you have resources. Supplies, weapons. There's people fighting out there right now without much more than their bare hands. That and a little courage. But I guess you wouldn't know about that. How dare you, you love! 
said that. General Briggs is a good man, a top-flight soldier. He's kept his men alive when others would have lost all hope. The general's mad. I've been with him five minutes and I can see it. survivor, Earth Air Assault Unit. Was the rest of your unit unlucky, Major? Or was there more to their deaths than the mere misfortunes of war? Are you trying to imply... Also says here you knew dread before he became that thing. And now here you turn up at our doorstep. Coincidence, Major. Look! When he turned, he killed Stuart Power, my friend, and the father of the man you've got in the other room. Well, I'm satisfied. Colonel? Sir? Regarding the prisoners, they've broken into a military installation during times of war, admitted links to a known traitor, and most important, they now know the location of this base. That, above all, cannot be permitted. General, if we were to wait just a while, perhaps some no. new information... The threat to this operation is too great. Therefore, given the martial law under which we operate, there can be only one penalty. Execution. Sir, I need to speak to you. See this? It's a picture of my unit during the South American conflict back in 2126. You know, we had a theory about why we lost that war. Same problem they had back in Nam. Songs, Colonel. No good war songs. Sir... In Nam, all the songs were on the other side. Same when we fought down south. Neither war had a good song, so we lost. Maybe that's what's wrong now. Sir, begging the general's pardon, I have to talk to you about the prisoners. Sir, I could understand more or less what happened to Price. Price was a traitor. We don't know that, not for sure. And now with these two, sir, I'm asking you to reconsider. Are you questioning my authority? No, sir. But I wish to go on record as protesting the execution. I want them terminated by 1,600 hours. Dismissed! It is good, my lord. Yes, Zordon. Now, proceed to the next target. Investigate the source of the transmission. A detachment of troopers will rendezvous with you there. On my way, my lord. Him. There's no place on the planet you can hide from me. He's strong. Never met anyone like him. He'll survive. Not that it'll make much difference. Jonathan, I'm okay. I feel like a tin can that somebody's been beaten on for a year or two, but I'm okay. We got trouble. The execution order. Yeah. We got to get out of here. How's the corridor? Crawling with soldiers. Difficult, but not impossible. Not if our power suits were charged up. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. What do you make of that? Heavy-duty industrial power cable. Probably connected to a generator. Maybe mainline transformer. 
You're not suggesting. I don't know. Wait a minute. You don't have any other choice. That thing could be carrying 40, 50,000 volts. It could be fried on the spot. Unless the power suit's modulation system kicks in with a charge. That should ground me enough and I can take the full load. Jonathan, I'm open to other suggestions. I think that's for us. What do you think? He's still alive. It's not for us.
Sir Alfred? Tell me about it. position and pick me up and don't stop for coffee I wonder if they're talking and they don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> so what do you guys think of episode two, The Abyss? <laughs> well, the the best moment is clearly like, and at two o'clock, kill that guy. It's <laughs> two o'clock. You no look shy. It, it reminded me a lot of like the, uh, oh, I'm trying to say, like the judge, the judgment maker, the peacemaker in uh, Dread. Oh, like the, yeah, gun, yeah. the gun's talking to him. Yeah. Rapid fire. Yeah. <laughs> Double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, episode two, The Abyss, aired September 27th, 1987. Uh, director Mario as a party again. Uh, this one was written by J. Michael Straczynski, who I recommend you follow on Twitter. Uh, but he <laughs> he uh, did a bunch of He-Man and She-Ra, like a lot of these guys did. Uh, Jace and the Wheeled Warriors, which is one I'm not familiar with, but he was wrote, that a, I think it was, that was a cartoon, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wrote uh, 14 episodes, so the majority of uh, of this, uh, 10 episodes of the Twilight Zone, 19 of the Real Ghostbusters, three of Jake and the Fat Man, seven of Murder She Wrote, and he is the creator of Babylon Five. Woo! Yeah. Uh, he also wrote Changeling. No, not the, the 1980 movie starring George C. Scott, but the uh, directorial debut of Angelina Jolie from like 2008, I want to say. Wow, that's so random. Yeah. Uh, after he did that, though, he also wrote Ninja Assassin. Pretty cool little movie. <laughs> Thor, Underworld Awakening, which I think was like the third one. Uh, World War Z you know the 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 movie the screenplay or whatever yeah mm-hmm. and is the creator of sense eight on netflix huh. oh, okay wow yeah. i just looked up this jace and the wheeled warriors 
Apparently, it's a group of guys who drive cars to fight plants. Oh. Plants? <laughs> Take that, nature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, they're called monster mines. They are organic vines that attack at... They grow and attack across interspeller space. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sounds really similar to a uh, Robo Panda comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, this looks fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> a, a couple of guest stars in this episode. We have Michael J. Reynolds as General Briggs. Yeah. Uh, 124 credits. Uh, fortunately, passed away in 2018, but. You might know him as Office Executive from Police Academy. Uh, Albert Hooper in Blue Monkey. Baby, you remember Blue oh, Monkey? Yep. Yeah, no monkeys in that movie at all. Nope, also known no. as Insect! Exclamation point. Uh, <laughs> he, was in that. Uh, he was also Dr. Lewis in uh, another one of my childhood favorites, My Pet Monster. Ooh. Uh, this, Lieutenant Sly Sullivan in Rolling Vengeance, as seen on the grind bin. Uh, Iron Eagle 2. He was the senior official in the pilot episode of Due South. He was the judge in Extreme Measures, Mr. Escobar oh. in Formula 51. In Due South, he's the guy who's like, they never suspect the Canadian. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the one. Uh, he was Patrick Driscoll in United 93 and Ed Oswald in The Descent Part 2. So, yeah, pretty good oh. career. Um, also, Hardy T. Lynham as Masters. He has 75 credits. Uh, he was in 13 episodes of something called Starcom, the U.S. Space Force from the same year as this. Um, he, he was also uh, in a movie we'll have talked about last week, The Big Hit, as the accountant, or the uh, episode where he's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Tagachi, you're completely broke. That was him. Ah. <laughs> Uh, he was also Father Duffel in the movie 45, or .45. It's a horrible, horrible Mia Jovovich movie from about 2008. Don't watch it. Uh, and he was Carrie in 26 episodes of The Jane Show. Whatever that is. Alright. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, so this episode, we start off with a, a guy, we find out his name's Price later, but he's a mustachio gentleman jumping out of the sewers, and I don't know, setting some sort of beacon or whatever. But then, oh no, he's surrounded! And it's by an army of, wait, humans? Oh no! What's going on here? I want to talk to the general! Ah, you're talking to him. Ah, you were a good soldier once. And then we cut before he gets executed. (laughs) Because, you know, Uh it's a family show. Family show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're aboard Captain Power's ship and he's getting uh, some sort of Morse code uh, I, I assume that's what that is, right? Just the beep, 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 yeah. beep, beep. Yeah. yeah. They're like, "What? Where's that coming from? It's on the, it's on the, was the, the government frequency or something like that? Let's go get him. Power on, and they put the suits on, and him and Hawk go after him. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Lord Dread's reading from what I assume is the digital Bible or something. <laughs> it's his digital manifesto. <laughs> Chapter four: The machine was given unto man, and then they digitized them as their blessing. Or something. It's literally his Deus Machina. <laughs> yeah. 
but of course they get they hear the Morse code signal too, and uh, so he sends in Sauron and a battalion of troops after that. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Power and Hawk they uh, they show up and they're like immediately ambushed by the humans, and they're like, "Wait, why are they shooting at us? I don't, I don't know. I'm not getting shot. Fuck that." And, uh, <laughs> the power supplies keep draining so quickly. He's like, how are you doing? Is, I'm at 45%. And I'm like, how are you at 45%? You flew on something completely different. <laughs> Apparently it's every time they get hit, it drains the power supply. But yeah, I did mention to Steve, like, oh, I believe their uh, their power suits are powered by Apple phones. It's <laughs> <laughs> on their battery life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the batteries used to be good, but then it's like, all right, fully charged to 100% and down to 42. Now it's going to be a little slower now that you're actually taking damage. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, basically they lose their power and uh, they get taken to uh, to the I don't know, the general's headquarters or whatever and get interrogated. And they're like, wait, why are you a spy? Why are you, what are you doing here? And like, what? No, you you called us. We got a distress signal. Ah, the traitor sent you. So you must be traitors. What? What are you talking about, bro? We got a distress call. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the most frustrating moment where I like, thank God it's muted, but I yelled at my screen. I was like, <laughs> when he said, and the worst of all is that they know where our hidden base is. So they can never leave. Execute them. And I'm like, bitch, you brought them here. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's supposed to be Price brought them. Oh yeah, but brought them into the base or whatever instead of just executing on the spot or yeah. Right, I, it's I, like I, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love how they're like, ah, we're just uh, you know training and waiting here until the president calls, and he's like, the the president. We haven't had a president in like three generations, bro. <laughs> <laughs> See now, I think it would, I think it would have made more sense if they somehow found their way into the base and this is a military group that has never come out, but underground it's everything is, you know, structured. They can live there. They grow their own food. They've been training for generations and, but they've been outside. They can clearly see that like everything's gone to hell. (laughs) Shit's gone awry. Yeah. I mean, if it was like, if it was like a blast from the past moment and they had like hot Dr. Pepper just at the ready, (laughs) <laughs> I could totally understand him saying, "What do you mean the president's not going to call?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not exactly like the uh, the Japanese pilot that crashed on an island in the Pacific that's completely deserted and just oh, yeah. you know, lived the next couple right. of generations out there. Or was it Kong Skull Island kind of the same? Thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, John C. Riley, love that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, so they're they're uh, torturing Hawk, and he's saying stuff like, "Get stuffed." <laughs> my heart bleeds for you yeah. oh but then we get a little a little a little backstory that uh hawk knew dread once back when he was a human before he became you know the, the board queen and, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like ah so you're with dread like well no i knew him a long long time ago before he became darth vader man i mean <laughs> these aren't the droids you're looking for uh and he even killed uh, the other guy's dad he's a real asshole we don't like him (laughs) well now that we know you know who those other people are like i do uh execute them (laughs) what What? all right so then we cut to commercial (laughs) and then we come back and then we get a little scene where uh i don't don't know the second in charge is like talking to the general and the general's going off with like 
you know why we lost that war in South America 20 years ago? Same reason we lost it in Nam 200 years ago at this point. We didn't have any good songs. All the good <laughs> songs are on the other side. <laughs> uh, Michael, how important is a good song to a war strategy? <laughs> I, I have no clue on that. <laughs> I mean, there were plenty of good protest songs, but I don't remember like pro-war songs of the 60s. I don't even know who'd be doing that. Uh, probably some like country artists and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, some country artists. I'm proud to be an American where at least I know <laughs> The line, we'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Yeah! <laughs> Early 2000s, Toby Keith. <laughs> oh, man. Guys. I mean, also, like, let's all remember that this is a children's show. Right. <laughs> you know, right? Not it, Vietnam War references for children. They're not gonna yeah. they're not gonna get it really. And it should be like happy go lucky songs, almost like Bridge Over the River Kwai, just that <laughs> hot, hot Vietnam War references for children. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you want to know why your uncle's crazy like the general here? <laughs> Read a book. Yeah. Does the general cry all night just like Uncle Larry? Yes, yes, and he keeps cocking that pistol and putting it to his head. Yeah, that's the one. He says it's a joke, but I don't get it. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, anyway, second charge is like, hey, could you please reconsider executing these guys? I mean, they don't seem that bad. And he's like, no, no, keep torturing them, damn it. (laughs) And then we'll kill them. Wait, what? Okay. (laughs) So uh, eventually they throw them in the same cell. Uh, You know, uh, uh, Power and uh, Hawk um and they're like all right we gotta we gotta escape before they execute us hey what do you think this giant wire goes to uh, it must be some sort of generator do you think we could jump start the batteries in our power suits with it what that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> uh it kind of is i'm not gonna lie uh, but, but i love how captain power's response is it's okay i can take a full load i'm like wait what <laughs> yeah <laughs> freezing i also like that he's just wearing like a t-shirt version of his um suit underneath oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like those like iron man t-shirts <laughs> yeah like a little leotard kind of yeah. uh, with the, the logo on it yeah it's, it's like a tron suit before the helmet <laughs> oh exactly yeah <laughs> uh, but then the alarm goes off because uh, all the dreads uh troops are like surrounding the place and sauron's flying in and so there's a huge shootout shoot, shoot, shoot. so many badass fireworks and i'm like pull out your guns <laughs> pull out your toys kids shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> uh, but yeah meanwhile in the uh in the torch or the uh the, the oh my god the gel cell or whatever they've uh they've taken down the cord and power takes it straight to the chest <laughs> and uh no little effects uh, meanwhile, the general's losing it. He's like in the control room, like, no, no, um, pull, pull, pull back. I hey, stop, stop fighting or whatever. And uh, second in charge is like, dude, you need to give the evacuation order. We're getting slaughtered out there. Like, no, no, it's not my fault. I, I didn't tell them to fight. You heard me. You heard me. I told them not to fight me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Power and Hawk, they got their suits working now, and uh, I love how. <laughs> the the brilliant strategist that uh captain power is he just yeah. kind of jumps in the middle of this shootout not blocked by anything or taking no, cover knowing that every time he gets hit he loses power on his power suit and just pew, 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 and no one can hit him and he's hitting everybody it's, it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> uh 
but yeah whatever yeah, general we gotta get out of here it's like no this is my command my last order is take everybody and get the fuck out of here <laughs> and not quite as vulgar as steve says but you guys get the idea and uh <laughs> yeah everybody's like yes sir and they leave and uh <laughs> does anybody know the song that he was kind of singing to himself as uh as soren was about to digitize him that's a long way to Tipperary. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Nice. But uh, yeah, Soren basically blasts down the door and digitizes him and then flies off. But then Huck comes in out of nowhere and starts fighting him. And then there was some weird like pink and orange cloud thing kind of popping in whenever there was a special effect on the screen. Did anybody else see that? It was specifically when uh, when Robobat was on the screen. I'm sorry, Sauron. <laughs> Sauron. So it was either the Eye of Sauron, or I think it was supposed to be that he was like, he was running low on power and was like shorting out because he kept getting hit. Yeah, okay. Hmm. That was my guess. There you go. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Captain Power, he's uh, he's being chased by like a, a battalion of troops or whatever. And he goes into a, uh, a lowered position, what we like to call a death zone, um, and is completely <laughs> surrounded by him. And he's like, oh, well, this wasn't a good idea being in a, a, the foundation of a building completely surrounded by troops. And so he starts getting blasted. And they start like throwing grenades and stuff down at him. And then he's like, all right, enough of this. Let's party dreadheads. And like starts doing like, fucking backflips looking for me and then like uh drew mentioned there was the <laughs> what, what is it the 45 degrees two o'clock <laughs> yeah. yeah i was trying to think of the peacekeeper what yeah like you were oh yeah the, judge, it's judge, like the judge, peacekeeper judge. gun from dread yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh then ken power's like well i guess that's all of them hey hawk why don't you <laughs> come on down here and pick me up so he flies in, and they fly off. What are friends for? Roll credits. <laughs> That's what friends are for. <laughs> Amazing. So guys, what, what did you think about episode two? I, th- I think you had more of a story to focus on rather than just the shoot 'em up mm. which I think was kind of nice. And it it reminded me a lot of, like, little... I don't want to say cliche, but definitely like recycled storylines that you would see in like high action or even dramatic sci-fi television shows. Like there's definitely been that repeat of a thematic plot line for like Star Trek and Stargate and uh, things, especially even like Babylon 5. Like you've seen it before, but it's still kind of fun. It's a fun thing where obviously someone's been literally kept in the dark and they just have to go off of what they know yeah yeah good point and 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 it's really weird like with this particular kind of show where it's the you know 22 minute as opposed to like a 45 or 50 minute star trek next gen mm-hmm, episode mm-hmm. or something where it's like it's very like okay beat 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 no time for right you know a lot of dialogue just kind of getting it out there getting it done and then boop roll credits <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what about you michael um, yeah, it seemed like that. It seemed to have a little bit more of a story this time. Uh, the shoot shoot up stuff was pretty good as well. Yeah, it just seems a little rushed with the twenty two minute thing. Like you don't really get much of a backstory. The general's just like, yeah, he's kind of crazy. That's about it. Because we gotta get that 
we got to have room for the 15-minute end credit sequence that we show every single episode. <laughs> yeah, well, because you got to get your video game in. <laughs> yeah, yep. you, you got to get that opening exposition because people may be watching the show for the first time. And then, yeah, got to get all the credits at the end because all the special effects guys, you know. So it's really like, yeah, like a 15-minute episode in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Hanai? Yeah, I, I agree with Michael. Like, I, I could see that there was, like, a good... <laughs> story in there with the general like the whole like is he crazy or he's just like holding on to his glory or like you know that kind of stuff but obviously they couldn't get into that <laughs> because they needed to, they needed to get to the shoot him up and everything yeah it just kind of implied like yeah this is how it is so you know they need to escape before it's too late or whatever and yeah but yeah oh and speaking of the shootout i loved how many like fireworks and like little mini explosions and stuff and people like jumping over rocks and stuff and the fireworks <laughs> going off like and all the the like laser blasts that are like digitally imposed yeah. on there and yeah again it's you could tell it's such an expensive show for like what this is like you know yeah like, essentially like a glorified power rangers it's so much more expensive <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 nuts what you bit what you think about the second episode good i liked it i like uh i like that there were characters with character arcs uh it shows us more that captain power must be humanity's like last last hope because (laughs) he's not a brilliant strategist he wouldn't be the first hope (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's yeah i don't know he's he's the good heart and uh that, that that that's about it like not the, not the best strategist but he's super powerful too and a, and a crack shot with that peacekeeper or whatever he's got yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah that's uh that's the first two episodes of captain power and the soldiers of the future yeah. <laughs> you guys uh you guys excited for episodes three and four mm-hmm. and and up to 22 i guess there are <laughs> oh my gosh it's 22 this thing went on forever. That that's like twenty two million dollars at least. Then yeah, exactly. Well, back then, of course, that's just one season too. That's wow. <laughs> How many seasons are there? Just the one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was so expensive and whatever. It's just like, or, and you know, I guess so much adult themes and violence going on. It's like, yeah, it's all lasted. And <laughs> I, I guess it was only shown in select markets and stuff because a lot of people my age, like all. Even when I was in high school and stuff, I'd bring it up and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I've never, ever heard of it. crazy, Steve. <laughs> you made that shit up. That sounds fake. I'm like, no, no, look, here's a picture. You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to check out episodes three and four, come visit us uh, Saturday, March 12th at 5 p.m. Pacific, where we'll be airing those as well. You can join our little watch party. Woo! Just hit us up at EILF Movies. That's everything, everything I, I learned from movies. movies. And uh, yeah, we'll be watching it and uh, hope to see you there and have, uh, have you join us here on the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I want to thank uh, Michael Bagford, uh, Drew, Hanai, Izzy, thank you all for joining and watching this this silly show for me. It's been a couple years since I've seen these episodes all through, and uh, I'm excited to do it again and share it with as many people as I can. Yeah! Hey! Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, so I guess until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. Mike. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And Hanai. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, and I... (laughs) Oh, it's okay. (laughs) And this is... 
Everything I learned from Captain Power, the soldiers of the future. This is Captain Power. I'm closing in on Dread. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now